G'day everyone, I'm Brett Morrison and welcome to the Leadership Sensei radio show. Welcome back, this is a small business podcast where we look at the many facets of what it means to run, own and lead a small business, but also what it means to be a leader, not only of your business and your corporation, but also a leader of yourself and being the example for those that are with you in your life and also on your team. Thanks for joining us, welcome aboard and I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, hi everyone, welcome back to 2019, it's Brett here, and thank you again for tuning into the Leadership Sensei Radio. Look, I thought I'd start the year off with something a little bit different, I'm actually just pulling this one out of the archives from the radio show that I do with my wife on the Wellness Couch on 87.6 FM, abr.org if you want to tune in around the world, uh, you can tune in on the TuneIn app if you want to actually listen to that on a Thursday night. But this week uh, on the podcast, what we have is... You know, this amazing young man, actually he's not so young anymore, but amazing man from Liverpool who decided to quit his job because he believes so passionately in in the cause of bringing peace and love and harmony to the planet. And so Nick and his wife Danielle and son Bo have you know, sold up everything that they had, quit their jobs and they bought a bus and they're travelling around Australia, literally travelling around the countryside, spreading this message of peace and love and harmony, and they're funding it all themselves. So they're not going around asking for donations, they're not asking for anything along the way, except for people to be aware of their thoughts and aware of the things that they do. And it's just an amazing story, which I thought was worthwhile sharing, that what is truly possible when people follow their passion and, and quite often I say, you know, the longest journey you take is between your head and your heart. And for most, especially when in a leadership position or we're working in a company, we spend so much time in our heads and we often have this nagging feeling underneath that there's something more. You know, there's something more for us to achieve. You know, there's some bigger purpose that's calling us, but we don't really know what it is. We can't quite put our finger on it. But this is a story of a of a man and a woman who have found that purpose. They've been able to put their finger on what that passion is and they've sold up everything to follow that passion. So I'd love to hear your thoughts at the end of it, what you think, but it's just a great story and really excited to share it with you tonight. Hello, you're listening to The Wellness Couch on 3ABR. Uh, we were going to have a fantastic show on the transformational 2019 uh, tips, but as Synchronicity has put it, I have Nicholas and his beautiful wife, uh, Danielle, and eight-year-old son, Bo, in um, at the moment. So they're on a uh, the Global Peace Movement uh, travel tour at the moment. So they are the change of universal solution to peace. So uh, welcome, Nicholas and Danielle. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Uh, so what is the Global Peace Movement? That was shared. Okay. The goal of this movement is to get 1.5 billion people meditating and chanting, singing one song by 2020. The movement is the Love, Peace, Harmony movement. Uh, it was founded by uh, a Tao master called Master Jigang Sha. And yeah, basically, that's, that's the, the, the basis of the, of the movement. That's so, fantastic. So it's a global peace movement providing um, with the latest peer-reviewed science-backed evidence. Um, so it's basically uniting it, it, similar to our platform, which unites science and ancient wisdom together, which I absolutely love, so aligned with you. Um, but you're providing a solution to, to world peace, which I absolutely adore. 
my heart. Um, so why are you doing this? Okay. So I was introduced to the teacher and the movement eight years ago. Up until then, I was I did uh, Thai boxing, I did boxing, I did MMA for a while. Uh, when I came to Australia, I did CrossFit. And uh, when I got introduced to meditation, I and the, the, we we came across Master Shao at the time. Funny enough, I was an atheist. You know, I uh, was brought up in a Catholic. Um, it's funny how life turns out sometimes. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. yeah. You so, brought up as an you no, 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 atheist, was, being did, brought up yeah. Catholic, and yeah, what turned you that way? Well, I, when I say atheist, I, be, I did believe. Okay, I did believe there was more to life. I believed yeah. that there was a spirit. I believed that there was more to what we were doing every day. But I just found that nobody answered or took the time to try and answer my mm. questions. And then when I moved to Australia, I actually met my first, the first person I'd ever met who was an atheist. He was a good man, a good family man. And when I just started looking at it logically, you know, there was a lot of contradiction. I've got nothing against uh, religion, by the way. But I just moved away from religion. So I was probably more agnostic, you know. Yeah. I wasn't full atheist. Mm. So I happened for two years. And then uh, I might, if we've got an hour, I might as well share. No, I don't know much about you, so please do. I normally do my research, but in this case, it was so synchronistic. It was last five minutes, wasn't it? You called yeah. me, yes, let, let's go. Yeah. So me and my wife and uh, Bo, at the time Bo was one, he was sleeping like a log. And I'll, I'll just share a little bit about my wife. She's always been very sensitive and always said that she didn't like the apartments we moved into. She always said that she didn't like her feeling or she saw things. And obviously me being a typical man was just like, it's all in your head. You know what I mean? Stop. <laughs> you know? How so, many times have we heard that, Danielle? <laughs> yeah. So then my son went from sleeping all night and sleeping through the day in one apartment in Sydney we moved to a new apartment and uh, he would get so afraid in that apartment that oh, yeah. he would uh, dirty his nappy, he would literally hold his breath, he would scream and we'd, we'd put him to bed. So there was a lot of stuff going on in that apartment. Mm. And at the same time, a good friend of mine did a bit of Buddhist meditation. Uh, he was seeing a gentleman who was an acupuncturist and he said that this acupuncturist, he said, there's something about him. Okay? He's a really special man. And I said, would he, would he see if what's going on with Bo? So he said, yeah. So we went to see him. And obviously, this is all new to me. But he sat down on the floor with Bo. And uh, Bo just looked into his eyes for probably 20 minutes. Didn't make a peep. And he, he sang like a beautiful mantra to, wow, to, to Bo. And then he, after that, you know, he sat up and he said, look, Bo can see everything, okay? He says, you've got an open third eye. I've never heard that term before. Uh, and he said... And you're thinking, there's nothing wrong with him. I can't see any three on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that time, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just absorbing it because I've always, at the same time, I've been open, okay? I've always been open when I was younger. Yeah. Great place to be. Yeah, I've always, I try anything, you know what I mean? So, and it was, it was very authentic, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So... And, and I did agree that my son had a connection with this man and also mm. had been going through. He was definitely being scared. And you, know? you could see the shift. Absolutely. So and, then, and they're not molded either at that age. Uh, so absolutely. Yeah, reactive. So, yeah, reactive. Absolutely. so he said he had an open third eye and he's something in the apartment that's scaring him. That's all he said. What happened then was Danielle started crying. 
Okay, so I'm looking at Danielle and I'm thinking, okay. And Danielle said it was the first time in her life that she'd ever heard anybody speak openly like that. And then Danielle shared what yeah. she'd been experiencing mm. in the apartment, which made me feel a bit. And he just said, yeah, everything you're seeing is, is right, is what you're seeing. So that was really nice then for Danielle to open up. So then after that, believe it or not, we had, uh, he gave us a spiritual practice to do, which is basically a forgiveness practice, okay? It's asking for forgiveness for any of our past mistakes, as well as offering unconditional forgiveness for anyone that's ever hurt or harmed us. But in the, the time after that, it really amped up in the apartment, it will, to the point where I had some experiences that I just couldn't deny. <laughs> I, I had the nights where I was literally had something sitting on my chest, was putting pressure on my neck. And I'm very grateful for those experiences because it took something like that yeah. for me. You know what I'm to saying? Open. To how, open did, how did you respond to those? Initially? I was terrified. <laughs> knowing that, supposed <laughs> to be honest with you. With your, with your background, I guess your beliefs on it, well, it's all in your head. Did you start doubting yourself? Uh, no, not, okay. at all, not at all. I, the way I've explained it before is, if I sat on your chest, yeah. would you think it was all in your mind if mm. I held you around mm. the neck? It yeah. was literally to that extent. It was yeah. literally, you know, and, and there was different things. We had things, you know, getting pushed off the room. Yeah. Bo was, you know, it, it was really full on. It was like yeah. what you'd see in a movie. Okay? And then there's a plethora of cases that have been yeah. to date. Uh, talked about, uh, you know, freezing the body, actually freezing, and yeah. poltergeist, so. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so from there, what I did was, when I start, what, what, the next thing was when we went back to see this gentleman, he had books in his office, and I picked them up from, uh, he, was a, he was a student of Master Shah, sorry, and uh, I picked up one of the books, it was called The Power of Soul, and it basically had all the questions I'd ever asked, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. What is the soul? What's the purpose of life? Why are we here? All these questions. And I was like, wow, this yeah. is my book. So then I started researching the third eye, okay, spiritual channels, things like this. And what these books were saying was, if you do this practice, you will achieve this, okay? So I just literally swapped my training for spiritual practice. And back then I was doing two, three, four, five hours meditation Very, a day. Yeah. I was chanting yeah. mantras, I was just really, but what happened was I had incredible spiritual experiences in a very short, like within 12 months, you know what I mean? I was seeing spiritual images. Um, now people ask me what that's like. Yeah, that's right. So my first ever spiritual image, the only way I can explain it is, um, and it was very new to me, I was, I was, chanting the mantra to the po point where the, I, I was not thinking okay and then I'd, I'd say and I've had many different types of images so they're not always the same but for example and Danielle probably be better to answer this but my first experience was it was like my whole vision even though my eyes were closed in front of me started to take shape and I actually saw a tree okay it was like a tree in front of me and it was it was um it was like three-dimensional, okay? And there was vibrations coming off it that I physically felt. I felt the vibrations, mm -hmm. my body was vibrating. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I got excited. And I said, is this, a, you know, is this a, am I seeing a spiritual limit? And then it started to go away. Okay, as soon as yeah. I started to be, get attached Observation, to it. Observation, yeah. Absolutely, so yeah. 
that was my first experience and I've, you know many other different ones but that was basically what the first experience was from then um i obviously felt the benefits and i was just always then you know, like my old way of thinking when i used to watch the news you know i'd watch these wildlife shows and see the impact humans are having on the earth and i i used to think i've always been a happy person I've always had good friends and family but i used to think the sooner humans are off this planet the better because that's how i used to think of the, yeah. the, the, the and this is coming from someone who's very optimistic obviously yeah yeah, yeah. but but then when i realized and you know without me looking for it i did have a lot of information come to me in terms of the control system what we briefly had speak, yeah. you know what i mean the, the, the elite and, and and that and i realized that humans are good okay we are a compassionate species we're born good we're lost right now and i was just then intrigued do we have a genuine solution and then when i went down that road we do we actually have an abundance of scientific research to show that we have a solution and it's 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 not as hard as we think and the good thing is i think uh, and th that's why sorry the presentation i put together is designed for skeptics okay mm. i use the latest science well, you're coming from that background so you can understand yeah absolutely uh, yeah. I, and, and i think that's fantastic when we have skeptics and we, we go beyond that you know we yeah. draw from that but i think a big part too is many people see all the problems in the world and we do get pumped with that don't we like the six o'clock news actually starts well about five o'clock doesn't we have the early news at four then we have the news at five then we have the news at six and then we have the news 24 at seven. hour news pretty much yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much and it's all bad mm. and people sit at home going what can i do and it's such a big problem that they really get to the point where you go i'm just one little cog i can't Absolutely. do anything and they give up Absolutely. but they can't find the solution either because biologically neurochemically when you're exposed to that it's like you're actually in that moment when you're actually experiencing that same war, trauma, whatever, and your neurochemicals will produce 60,000 different neurochemicals. So you go adrenaline, cortisol, uh, noradrenaline coming out, playing with your brain, you can't think, you're not coherent with brain and heart, you can't find a solution. So you're staying and you're feeling very uh, uh, defenseless. You know what I mean? So um, I'm interested in knowing Danielle's part too, because I know that um, energetically you affect people. You have been saying too much now, so I wanna get you sort of uh, on this platform. Because obviously you've been quiet, but your your energy or your frequency has actually had an impact on um, on Nicholas. Yeah. Well, we all have our energy has impact on everyone we surround. So. Yep, that's good. Yeah, just, just get a bit closer to the mic, and you'll all be good. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Is it on? Sorry about that. It's okay. Um. Yeah. So. You want my the background with the double peace and harmony? When, um, as Nick was saying before, um, you know, I, I was always scared in the apartments we lived, and I've always seen images ever since I was full feather, and most of them were not nice um, things. You know, I'd hide under my blanket as a little girl, and I'd see things in the room. And I remember being about two or three, and the phone rang, and I said to my mum, "Granddad's dead." And she picked up the phone and she got the news that my granddad was dead. So things like this have always happened in my life. Um, and when we went to this apartment with Bo, you know, I knew he was scared because I could see it. But when we went to see this man and I spoke for the first time on the same, that type of wavelength with someone, 
it was really nice and he gave us this song love peace harmony and he said play it in your apartment and we put it on straight away in the apartment and the frequency of it was just beautiful I, like now I always have it playing silently on my phone I play it in the car the bus our home and I f it, it did change things I felt safe it was a it was a different frequency and vibration to having those negative does it operate at a certain hertz do you it know it actually yes. doesn't it, it actually doesn't know but the message of it the whole message is a blueprint for world peace so right. it's only five lines Fantastic! Um, it's, I love my heart and soul. Oh, every every spiritual tradition I've ever researched, I always say, you know, you can't give a million dollars if you don't have it. But you can't give love if you don't have it. So the foundation is always to actually find love for yourself, forgive yourself. So that's the, the self-healing. And then a natural progression from that is line two, which is I love all humanity. And in the song, it represents everything. Okay, selfless service. Uh, line three is join hearts and souls together, which is a divine calling. And uh, the last two lines is love, peace, harmony, love, peace, harmony. So that's what we'll achieve. When yeah. And when you say it like that, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? It sounds so simple. But, you know, but the song, you know, when we look at Dr. Emoto's work with water and everything, yeah. you know, you can see that words carry a message. Okay, every line carries a message, but the, the song itself carries a positive message. And that's yeah. what we go over in the presentation as well because a lot of these global uh, peace movements, which I'm totally behind 100%, the Global Coherence Initiative, the Global Coherence Movement, there's, there's many collective meditations and they're all very effective. And as we spoke about, Joe Dispenza is med uh, measuring, mm. measuring the effects. But with this, there is the unadded dimension of sound. You know, when you actually, one of the, the, the things they say on the website is, lend your voice to the sound of world peace. Mm. So, you know, when you're singing a song, you're turning your body into an instrument that can offer another level yeah. to uh, the vibrational. Oh, most definitely, <coughs> the healing. So does having Bo, Bo's your eight-year-old child, eight or nine, turning nine, nine soon, nine, yeah? Nine <laughs> turning, nine. Does that um, allow you to have a different perspective? 100%. Yeah, yeah, that once you have children, yeah. Me. Because as everything. I said, I've always been a happy person, but I mean, before kids, it's really all about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it always, is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I've got to say that. And then when, when, when Bo came along, it just it changed everything for me. It changed everything for Emma. Did for for Danielle as well because you have to care. Yeah, you know what I mean. And for a better world, it's the motivation behind a better you know world. I mean? I think, better but I think everyone cares. I've never met anybody yeah. who agrees with war. You know, pe people are good. Um, on that ritual podcast I was talking about with Zach Bush, uh, I definitely give that a plug here because it was work is unbelievable. But he talks about we're in the uh, sixth mass extinction on this planet you know and when you hear it like that the last one was the dinosaurs and he sh puts a, a few uh, figures out there yeah. he says if we carry on at this rate we a human species people don't realize we only have another 70 years it's not long 70 years yeah. but that's if the world doesn't give up on us before that and get rid yeah. of us but he does say something beautiful which falls in with the Taoist and the Buddhist practice I have a Buddhist mentor as well as a, a Tao you know master and in all of the ancient mantras, they, is in Taoism, for example, there's mantras like Tian Di Ren Hui, and that means heaven, human beings, and Mother Earth join as one, and one is the Tao. Okay, Tao is the no thingness, the universal yeah. laws and principles. Okay, so they all acknowledge human beings 
as being a force in the universe. So um, what he says is in this podcast, he says Nassim Haramein. I don't know whether you're familiar yeah, with yeah, Nassim. Resonance, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote a, a, a paper and he showed from the smallest uh, vibrational frequency Planck's distance that, that they've measured out to the biggest thing they can measure, their vibrational signature. Mm. If you draw a line to them, human beings vibrational signature fits right in the middle. middle so what i get from that is the world right now um, can survive without humans but a conscious humanity mm. is a real thriving world and he says that life wants us here otherwise it could have got rid of us a long time ago totally so even when we look at the the negative forces in the world on a higher level they're a part of this change. They're pushing us in that direction. Mm. Now, I, I remember hearing Greg Braden actually, and he, he was speaking to an abbot in the temple in the Tibetan plateau. And he said, I'd spent like a few days watching how they pray for peace and, and they, they, they chanting all the time. They protect the, you know, their, their libraries. Mm. <clears throat> and he mm. said, I had this question that I wanted mm. to ask. And he said, yeah, he said to the abbot, if you do all this praying for peace, how come you've been treated so bad mm. by the, the Chinese? And he said, the abbot started laughing. He said, we don't chant for the well-being of Tibet. We chant for the well-being of all sentient beings. And he said, from, a, again, a higher perspective, if you wanted the Buddhist Tibetan teachings on compassion, you had to travel to the Tibetan plateau. He said, but with, uh, with what China have done, now the Buddhist teachings have gone all around the world. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, so that's why I don't see when we look at the forces that are trying to control us and everything, it's not something to resist. If we keep resisting it, they win. And you need I, the darkness to let the light shine. We, as a, as a, yeah. Well, I actually spoke to another friend that, that, I, that I, uh, I met and he corrected me on something. It was really beautiful. We were talking about this and I said, you know, the way we're moving, I really see that, that we're going to bring them down. And he said, don't say that. He said, it's about was raising up mm. and yeah. it was beautiful mm. i really appreciated them correcting yeah. me on yeah, that words are very true. powerful yeah. aren't they yeah, yeah they and are. i think the consciousness has shifted you think about the, the movement through the 60s and they're, they're really the children of you know the people from world war ii and i think humanity shifted mm. significantly because there's there's probably at the well it was in world war ii the end of world war ii anyway where humans created the ability to make ourselves extinct yeah so for the first time ever we could actually eliminate ourselves off the planet with the you know, event of the nuclear bomb, and you think about the '60s movement and the you know the love, peace, and mm. I guess you know what they call the hippie movement. But they're the children of those people that created that ability, and it's quite often our children that teach us lessons. Absolutely. You mm. know, and, and, <laughs> and since then, the '60s, I think that consciousness is starting to shift towards what you're saying that people they're looking for something different. They're looking for something better, and, that, and they know that humanity is meant for something better than just fighting ourselves all the time and, and wiping ourselves off the planet. And, and, and working seven days a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just just working to pay the bills. There's yep. people, I think everybody, that's why I think depression is so big that's right definitely. now is because these people who are coming in who are like our age, you know, or, or younger, they've got that feeling that surely there's more yep. than this. But if, you know, I think that's why there's a big movement now with psychedelics, you know, like ayahuasca's and things like yeah. that because these are, uh, people are having these experiences all of a sudden yet yeah, there is more yeah you know what i mean there is more to this mundane 
It's yeah. a tool to allow them to see more. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so I had the privilege recently of hearing a, a, a national recruiter, actually, and he said that the difference with millennials is that they don't just want a job, they want a job with purpose. Absolutely. Mm. Which Absolutely. is interesting where you think mm. back to the 80s, we just wanted a job. Yeah. You know, it gives a job that pays and we can pay the bills, but now these young kids, they, they actually wanting to change the world. You know, I did a, I did a video uh, last week about that, about how optimistic I am about the future because the, the young people that I see and that I've personally met, the, the new entrepreneurs mm. wants to save the world, wants to clean up the world. That's the, the new mindset is contribution. If it's not good for everybody, it's Fantastic. not, it's not yep. good yep. at all. Right. So, Isn't that beautiful? And I hear the beautiful the analogy. It was on the Rich Roll podcast again, actually, there's someone else though. And he was saying, when the human body starts breaking down, it produces cells that restore the body. And he said, as we're, the, the earth is breaking mm. down, life mm. is, is bringing these new, mm. new yep. conscious mm. kids into the Amazing. world to restore the earth. Yeah. yeah. I was nearly crying when um, I, yeah, <laughs> it's it's nice beautiful, you know. So you, you, you're very well aligned with us. You always talk <coughs> about uh, shifting global consciousness. Why is it so important to, to shift our consciousness before anything else? <clears throat> okay, well, if you look at uh, Joe Dispenza's work and Master Shah's work, it's, and you look at the information, okay, what we actually see is a fraction mm. of what's there. It's amazing, isn't it? The yeah, more you know, the more you realize you don't. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you shift the field, okay, I hear that an academic from the Maharishi effect explain how the Maharishi effect works. And he said, um, if you were walking down the street, you bumped into somebody, there's a range of outcomes, okay? Mm. He said you could, a neutral outcome is you both apologize, keep going. Uh, you know, uh, uh, good good cases, you could fall in love and live happily ever after. And a worst case scenario, you could have a fight, one could end up dead, the other one end up in prison. Wow, potential said, possibilities yeah, are amazing. But he says if you've got, and Maharishi said the square root of 1% of a given population is enough to kickstart the Maharishi effect. But let's say you've got 10% of the uh, population of the area that are focusing on peace, okay, contributing peace to the field. He said the range of, of outcomes shifts more to the positive. So the neutral one might be the same, the positive one might be the same, but the worst case scenario might be a, a punch in the face and that's it. You know, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? It's, yeah. it's, it's so, so when you look at that, I think the technology is there, okay? Technology, like I'm talking material technology, is they've, they've got it, you know, when I yeah. say they, the elite yeah. have got. Mm. 200 years yeah. advanced technology for healing global yeah. for doing everything up, pollution, <clears throat> but yeah. it's it's one of life's paradoxes i think when the, we're ready to get that we realize we don't need that Are because we when, ready? When, we, when we tap into our own yeah. internal technology so the shift in the consciousness i think you know i will talk a little bit david wilcock i heard him say he had a whistleblower who was one of the rothschilds actually okay and uh, he <clears throat> was um he was sharing information with David Wilcock because he didn't like the reptilians, okay? So we don't want to go down that road, but I just, <laughs> just, but I just shared this because it was very fascinating. He said, if the whole world laughed together, we would cut all our energetic ties, negative energetic ties to, to, the, to the control, yep. you know? So when I he actually also said Live Aid, you know the event Live Aid? Yeah, yeah. He said that was, so, so many people tuned into that and had such a good time that it was so detrimental to them that they did the London bombing straight after it wow. to get everybody back down. Yeah. So that for me just explains another level of the shift in the consciousness. Yeah. If we come together as a species, 
and we drop all of our stuff okay and we just come together with a united uh, intention for our planet and everything that lives on here we'll see change very fast mm -hmm. i really do one thing i want to start pushing now or trying creating is you know <clears throat> all of these collective meditations are doing essentially the same thing but when you look at different people like you know when you look at the spiritual leaders the world's billionaires conscious scientists you know they've all got their own following okay i would love to see an event for 2020 because there's a number of people talking about 2020 when you look at greg braden explaining mm. how fractals work yeah. in time he said 2020 is a, a time that's going to harvest you know, yeah. an event you know what I mean? That talking about the event, I think there's a Facebook page that they call the event is yeah. happening. Yeah. And a lot of these like Mayans and everything, this is why this is such an important time to be alive. Because they're all coming together. There's many different, you know, whether it's 5,000, 21,000 years, 15,000 years, they're all sort of coming together mm -hmm. at this time. This is the one that they've all been pointing to and they're all going to be talking about in the future. So this is, if you're here now, you're here for a reason. Yeah, so why is it important that everyone contributes because this uh, because everyone's here now for a purpose i believe i'm lucky i'm very positive i mm -hmm. think if you're here now you're here for a reason you have a purpose every single one of you well what we know is it's not the time and it doesn't work to sit back and let somebody else do it because <clears throat> this to say the seven and a half billion people in the world there's seven and a half billion worlds the seven and a half billion observers so this is why there's two aspects to this movement. One is we have to come together and we know that we can create huge change and, you know, drop crime and, 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 and warfare and things by, you know, greater than 76% with these collective meditations. But what they know is every time they do these collective meditations and they, they lower all these statistics. Can I just ask you, when you say, talk about collective meditations, how many people do we need to have to be collective? Is it just two what? and more? Or is it, are you talking about thousands? Well, when you look at this movement, you want, Master Shah has said 1.5 billion. I just want I, to clarify I for the audience. I think that yeah. that emphasizes the agency. Okay. But I, I'm going to come to that by yeah. finishing what sure. I'm saying. Because one side of it is coming together for these collective meditations. But they, what we know is when the, the, the figures drop, the days after they go back to normal. And normal is insane. Okay? Mm -hmm. So this is the other aspect of it is self-development is working on yourself is yeah. uh, tuning in morning afternoon and night and seeing where you are internally right elevating your emotional state and knowing that by doing that you are contributing to your community to the world literally yeah. what you what you're feeling is what you're contributing to the field the field connects everything yeah. the whole universe and beyond so as much as that's why I think this again is a genuine solution because as Danielle was sharing it creates a field in your home it's a song okay I know there's a lot of beautiful mantras out there and they all do the same thing but you know if the whole world would if, if everybody who resonated with this or felt something in their heart to make a change if the least they did was play the song 24 7 if you can imagine the feel that that would create on its own. I can't wait to play this. This is amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'd like to tap into, I guess, go down a bit of a rabbit hole because you, you talked about your, I guess, martial art, boxing, MMA yep. um, background, and I guess I have a, 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 a bit of a background in martial arts as well. So 
one of the things I've always said is, you know, a lot of people think martial arts is about fighting. Mm-hmm. And they get caught up in that physical part of fighting. And I've always seen martial arts as one of the, well, probably is one of the darkest arts you can learn because it's about killing people. So ultimately, mm. that's what martial arts will end at mm. if you take it to the full extent. But I've also said that martial arts is not about fighting someone else. The biggest battle you can have is actually the one that you have with yourself mm. and being a better person. So when you actually look in that mirror and see who you are for, like, and be truthful with yourself and be brutally honest with yourself, mm. That's when the real battle begins. Mm-hmm. And on a larger scale, you know, when we look at countries fighting other countries, while we're fighting another country, we're not looking at ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like even Australia, we, we talk about human rights violations overseas, yet we've probably got the worst human rights record in the planet. And animal extinction. Yeah, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So you know, a lot of this change starts internally. So the biggest fight that we can have is actually with ourselves to show, like you said, it's about finding love for ourselves. And a lot of people really push against that because it's, it's a hard journey to take. It is. And it's interesting concept you said before about forgiving yourself as well. That was very interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's easier to forgive someone else than forgive yourself. But, you know, back, back to what you're saying there, I had a conversation uh, just a few days ago with a gentleman who's opened a meditation centre in the, around the Melbourne area. And he was saying <clears throat> he's been meditating for 40 years. And he said, a lot of people meditate now, their idea of meditation is what he calls drift meditation, okay? So he says, you might put on a, a song and then just drift off asleep or let You can get a nap for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but the meditation that uh, Master Shah teaches and the, tr- the true practice is a selfless practice, yeah. okay? So, you know, I heard the Dalai Lama say once, he said, um, human consciousness, the level of consciousness we're at, uh, if you look at a dog, for example, he said a dog, we've got a lot to learn from dogs, we all know that we love dogs. But he said if a dog came into the temple, for example, it would you know, say hello to everyone and then fall asleep in the, in the sun. But he said a human being has the capacity to send conscious love to the whole universe mm. selflessly before itself. So the practice I mainly do is what Master Shah calls a unconditional universal meditation. So when you sit down for an hour or two hours, you are dedicating that time to give your love to the whole. And the the result in that is you get blessed by the whole, okay? But but meditation is a courageous journey if you go real. Like I think if you're gonna really do a a genuine daily practice, like, you know, I do a number of different practices and it's about looking at yourself. Yeah, it is. And it's very, very hard. You know, I've done things in this life, I'm deeply, you know, they hate me. When I go back there, you know, they hate me. But I know that I need to forgive myself. And I think a lot of people, and I've met a lot of people who, you know, Joe Dispenza touches on it, you know, you you may have done something wrong or had something done to you. If you're you're thinking of that every day, you're reliving it, the body is triggering all those. It's anchoring it. That's it, and then then that's your contribution in the present moment to the whole. So yeah. and you're bringing it forward also. Yeah, and you have more experiences like that because of that frequency that goes out. You're attracting more of that, and that predicts your future. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's the timeline you're moving Absolutely. on. It, but it impacts but your past, your present, and, and the future, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah, all together. And people say you can't change the past, but you can. You absolutely can. That's the yeah. power of the present moment. Yeah. Because the present moment holds the past and holds the future. Yeah. And if we can heal the past in the present moment, we clear a different future. Absolutely. 
and you know I've actually experienced it myself I've, I've worked on something that a mistake I made when I was younger and uh, uh, I had uh, a friend of mine just who I hadn't spoke to for a while messaged me and he said you know I saw this guy and uh, he said I didn't realize what happened between you two and I said mate if you see him again please tell him I'm sorry and he said he told me and I'd been working on a spiritual level with this yeah. man. Yeah. He, he said, he told me, if you see Nick, tell him, yeah, I thank you, because my life changed for the better after what happened. So, so, you know, yeah. and it, but that was real, real for me. I mean, yeah. It was so real for me. I was crying. And I just thought, it's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need those experiences to, so you don't feel like, you know what I mean? They yeah. just anchor in the truth. They do. Yeah, um, yeah they really bring it to light, don't they? They do, yeah. They do, and we all have that that power. I think uh, the sooner we 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 yeah. do the work, the better. And you also see people who give a lot of love, but it's hard to give unconditional love if you can't accept it back. It's true. Yeah. I've actually battled with that as well. Yeah, you know what I, mean? and I think that's where the real beauty, and that's where the emotions come from. When you feel it, when you at the very bottom, and you've got nothing, and you just you're in a position where you accept it yeah. for what it is. It's an amazing place to be in your life. It's never the same again. It's true. It comes down to surrender. You yeah. know, like surrendering to life. You know, in the presentation, I always finish on Tony Robbins' story because, um, you know, Tony Robbins has touched millions of people, yeah? But if yeah. you actually know what inspired him, in one of his mm. books, he says when he was, you know, 12, 13, his mum and his stepdad, abusive relationship, and it was Thanksgiving, they had no money. And he said someone knocked on the door and gave a basket mm. full of food. Yeah. And he said his stepfather was angry. He said, I'm no one's charity. And he said, but the, you know, he, said the, he was thinking someone cares. Yep. Whether they know me, know us or not, someone yep. cares. And he said, for the next three, four years, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And he said, and then I started working three jobs. And every Thanksgiving, you know, he said, I'd watch my neighborhood, whoever was struggling. He said, I would um, get, you know, baskets yep. of food drop them off at the door and when they opened the door said who's it from he said, I don't know and he said the joy he would see in the, the family you're gonna make me tear up yeah he oh, said it's really touching my heart but, but the reason yeah. I'm sharing that to touch on what you said the reason I'm sharing that is because in Buddhism my Buddhist mentor told me in the West somebody does something for you you always say I pay it back okay you pay it back it's, it's done but it, Buddhists pay it forward so yeah. you know I think to myself if uh, if somebody was to give you a genuine smile on the street, you know, you really felt the love from somebody. If you said, I'm gonna pay that forward, you know, you, know, you might buy someone a coffee who's forgot their wallet, yeah. so I might pay it forward. That person might uh, buy someone a slice of cake, but the thing is, that person who's just got a slice of cake, they may have been struggling for months, yep. and they may have just said to God, to life, to universe, whatever you wanna say, they may have just said, show me a sign, or I'm gonna kill myself. That slice of cakes just saved a life and that came from the person who gave a smile yeah so being able to accept is a big part so any now whenever anybody like you guys you do something good for me i give i, I vow i will pay that kindness forward for you guys yeah and, for, and the big thing is that a lot of people i think they say they give unconditionally but the sort of conditions with it so absolutely. they sort of expect you to give something back to us yeah, absolutely. but it's not about no. that it's actually like you no. said it's that person over there who gives it to somebody else who again gives it to somebody else and it's completely random it's and somewhere someone will get a benefit yeah absolutely you know, and um yeah it's, it's beautiful how it works well nature's selfless you know the yeah. sun doesn't choose who it shines on 
look at what we're doing to the earth. She still provide you plant something in your garden. She'll still grow yeah. it for you. There's no so you know even when we look at our kids, we say we love them unconditionally until they you know annoy us and then we you know <laughs> but it you know unconditional love is um, is is very profound and when you can yeah. move into that space you're aligning with nature. There's a Taoist saying: follow Tao, flourish; go against Tao, finish. It's basically saying if you move with life. You'll flourish, and everything around you will flourish. Yeah. Yeah. And if you resist it, you'll suffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think we, especially I think in the city, we get very disconnected from that, and we try to fight against nature. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what the what the weather's doing. We're, we're going out there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I know it's one of the things, especially for me personally, that the move to the country, move to the coast yeah. here, has really shifted my perspective that you work with nature. Because if you don't, it's going to smack you mm. really quick, yeah, <laughs> you know. That's true. And you know, and in the city, everyone talks in quarters. So what are you doing up till March? What are you doing till June? Yeah. Whereas down here, people are talking in seasons. So mm. it's mm. autumn. You need to be doing mm. this now. Uh, it's now winter. You need to be planting this now. Mm. You know, so it's no longer about quarters and you know, performance charts and yeah, yeah. you know, data. It's about working with nature. And, Absolutely. And, and I think there's a real connectedness there that you can either ignore. Or you can work with it, and there's a level of contentment and peace and serenity that comes with that. Absolutely, there's something that that Zach Bush says, and I will send it to you um, in his interview with Rich Roll. And he, he talks about a cancer cell. I got a lot from this. He said he talks about Roundup, you know, glyphosate. Yeah. He says yeah. one, one of the effects that does. He said when you look <clears throat> under a microscope, yeah, our seventy to hundred trillion cells are actually held together by uh, proteins. And he said, when you yeah. see these under a microscope, he said we are beings of light. Yep. They are like fiber optic cables. Mm. And he says, what glyphosate does is it cuts them. Mm. So he mm. said the weakest cell in the mm. body is a cancer cell. But what it does is it's separated from mm. its. Yeah. It, it's mm. got no communication, so it does what it does to survive. So the Buddha taught that. Um, Suffering is to identify yourself as being a separate being. In the universe, you separate yourself, you suffer. You know, if you look at the teach, the Buddhist teaching on emptiness, and we get a piece of blank paper, you know, it's a teaching from Thich Nhat Hanh. You get a piece of blank paper, you think there's nothing in there. But the interconnectedness for that to be there, yeah. everything's in there. The trees in there, which it came from, the sun's in there, the rain, the person who cut it down, the person who worked in the factory, the person who made the factory, the ancestors of, the, you know, everything that is, is yeah. everything is interconnected for it to be there. If you took one thing out, it wouldn't be there. No. Yeah. So when we look at separation, separation is anti-life. And we've separated ourselves as a species from yeah. nature, but we're, we're moving back. You know, if you look at uh, a flower, if you take a petal away from the flower, the petal dies. Okay, you take the flower away from the tree, the flower dies. The tree away from the earth, the earth dies, and so on and so on. So separation is ultimately death. Yeah. The unity is life. And I think, again, just to, to, to go back to collective consciousness, people are waking up fast. I'm speaking to mechanics, and, and I don't actually ever bring up what we're doing. Like today when I met Gabby, <laughs> it was really beautiful because yeah. she just said, oh, you know, what are you doing? Oh, we're traveling the country. Oh, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, blah, 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 you know. And then we ended up talking about what we're doing. And then she was like, wow, great. You know, you've yeah. got to meet such a... So I'm having these conversations with everybody. 
and I think that's the shift in consciousness. That is yeah. the fact that people are looking at things now that they would never have entertained mm. five mm. years ago. They're more open, they're more ready for change. And I think that's due to more people meditating, more people coming together, yeah. more people contributing love to the field. Yeah. And I, as I say, I think it's... Uh, There's a lot more sharing too of, of information, I think. So, you know, they used to say knowledge is power, but it's not anymore because everyone carries a smartphone in their pocket. And they can get any information that they want. So there's no no longer power and knowledge. It's about focused clarity. Yeah. It's about that clarity and like you said, those those conversations that people at Ritual are actually putting out there um, and bringing experts in their field who have credibility mm. on a global scale. And you know, you do get guys like Zach Bush talking about the impact of you know glossophane on the earth, and people are starting to go. Well, actually, he's a respected scientist. Absolutely. Now, he's not just some weird guy who's got some conspiracy theories going. He's actually got research to back it up, and he spent you know a couple of decades actually doing that research. To and work the chemotherapy. Yeah, and absolutely, yeah. So uh, that consciousness is starting to shift, yeah. and it does take people like yourself to get that message out there, and that people can start to join the dots. Mm. And I think in many ways, like you said, people are on a similar journey, and they're looking for something. That, you know, what's our purpose here? And they'll hear part of your message and they'll hear part of a podcast somewhere or they'll hear part of a radio show somewhere else and they go, yeah, I think there's something else I need to look at, you know, and I think that's where we all start to connect again. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. That, that, that's great. Um, what advice do you have, I'd say, for, you know, when we go into the city, everyone's on this wheel, wheel they get um, overstimulated with um, TV, um, there's so much information out there, smartphones at, at your fingertips, you've got um, advertising everywhere, you've got food that's got GMO and processed food that hasn't got nutrients to lift up your vitality or frequency. Um, so they get caught up in this wheel and it's it's from night to day and they don't know what to do and how to get off that wheel. What advice would you give someone like that to, to, to become connected, you know, little steps that they could take? Where to start. Yeah, and where to start because they, they seem so get disconnected, not only from themselves, from nature, and from everybody else. And I think this is a big contribution to depression and anxiety that I'm seeing at the moment. Uh, if you're asking me that question, I would say the first place to start is right here. Right. Because, you know, when you look at people in the city, I get, for example, I'm working to fund what we, we do. Okay, I'm a commercial abseiler. So every time, you know, I go to Brisbane, I'll do some work, top the funds up and, and so on and so forth. So we went up the coast and it was taking too long you know we're doing a, a lot of presentations and it, we were going to get up the north of australia in the summer and everyone was saying it's going to be too hard it's going to be wet humid you know really so we said we'll come back down so we did and everywhere we stopped off where we did the presentation we did meditation groups really nice yeah. and then me and danielle both said we're looking forward to getting back to sydney to see if we've missed it mm. now we got there just before christmas and it was a really good experience for us all because it really gave, opened us up and, uh, to be more compassionate because it was after being away for so long it was insane it was it insane it was i just couldn't believe how fast i was driving you know what i mean just to keep up everybody who drinks if they ever drink it's a coffee you know yep. what i'm saying yes. it's just everybody's supercharged so to answer your question i would say everybody's stuck in time Okay, in the city, it's all about, and I was, I did the mm. same when I was there. I want to get home from work. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. work as mm. fast as I can so I can mm. get home. And then you get home, and then you, you're knackered. You, you know, you're really tired, and then you just want to do something and go to bed. And then the next day comes, and then wow, it's Friday. Wow, are we in that month. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everyone says the years ago. Stimulants, yeah, Absolutely. or alcohol to wake you up yeah. and stimulate you and keep going. Yeah. So I, w- I would say check in at least three times a day and just breathe. Close your eyes because you know when you're looking out, you're looking out. Just close yeah. your eyes and breathe, and because the breath is in the present moment. Mm, yeah. It does. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can do visualizations if you have a busy mind. You can focus on, you know, Taoist practices to focus on light in your lower abdomen. It's it grounds your breath, builds a strong spiritual foundation. But you know, just breathe, just breathe. Because even me, I've been meditating for a long time, very dedicated with my practice. But even when I was in that environment, every time I was stopping and breathing, I was thinking, wow. I've been breathing shallow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm tight in my neck. Most people are almost hyperventilate, mm-hmm. like they breathe that quickly, Absolutely, they, which yeah. causes uh, acidity in the body and inflammation. Yeah. You know, the, the quickest way to alkaline on a cellular <laughs> level is through the breath, yeah. is to breathe. You know, Wim Hof's doing a lot of research <laughs> to prove that now. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just say at least three times in the day, drop time. Yeah. Come into the present moment, breathe, and just scan the body. And wherever feels tight, relax. I think you will start to feel the benefits from that simple practice. Just stopping, slowing stopping, down. Yeah. Stopping, yeah, stop. Because what you're doing is you're connecting with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're connecting with the body. What's the body telling me? You know, is my heart pumping through my chest? Am I shaking? Am I anxious? What is going on? So that's the foundation. Then, you know, if you really feel, wow, I'm getting benefits from that. I enjoy those moments. You can do them more often. Uh, but then maybe establish a, uh, a dedicated practice, you know, 15, 20 minutes of a night or of a morning. You know, I uh, obviously the Love Peace Harmony movement is what we're, we're sharing, but at the same time, you, it has to be something that works for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And understand that one thing I do in the presentation, a very neutral presentation, I'm not, I don't ever try and push anyone in a certain direction. I just want people to know when they see the presentation that you are not helpless in the world. Yeah. Right? And just by becoming peaceful, you are contributing to the change. You are contributing mm-hmm. to the whole. And I think everybody wants to contrib- contribute to peace. When, uh, when I've seen the, you know, the most fair drinking, beer drinking, Aussies, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you, they have an argument with the, the wife or whatever and you speak to them, it's like, man, I just want a peaceful life. Everyone just wants peace. Everyone yep. wants an easy life. Just want some peace and quiet. That's it. Everyone's yep. the same. You know, you don't see people say, I oh, just want to go home yeah. and have an argument. So yeah. I think it's built into us. And just by stopping, people can just benefit from yeah. or feel the benefits of stopping. Yeah. And I think that's funny because we, <coughs> we have this conversation, especially you know, living in a polar bay, that it, I think it's innate in us that, you know, most Australians are very fortunate to get to live in a nice home, mm-hmm. big, you know, brick, you know, keeps them nice and warm. But for holidays, we'll pay to sleep in a tent. <laughs> I mean, but I think innately we want to connect with nature, like humans mm, innately want to connect with nature. So we'll pay money to live like our predecessors did, yeah. essentially in a cave, yeah. just so we can get back to nature. Well, you, you're familiar with the ion field of the body. Yeah. So when you're around Wi-Fi and things like yep. that, you know, you it, have, I think yeah. it's positive ions, which yeah. are detrimental to and the body. And then beautiful negative ions. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah you get ocean. close, yeah. so you yeah. feel good. You know, I listened to a TED talk a few months ago and they found the fourth stage in water and they were saying, we used to think the body was 70% water. It's not, it's 90% mm. water. So that's yeah. why you feel so good getting yeah. in the ocean. You so know imagine I mean? all the information we're containing inside of us as well from Absolutely. that water. Absolutely yeah. amazing, Absolutely. all that ancient knowledge. Well, you know, yeah. I, sp- I spoke to a guy in, 
uh, tweed heads, I think it was. He had a market stall and he had all these little devices of energizing your water. <laughs> and he was very knowledgeable. He'd been doing it for years. And uh, you know, we got talking and I, I just said to him, I said, mate, don't mind me asking, what do you think the role consciousness plays on the water? And he said, look, everything I sell works. He said, but consciousness is the most powerful. Mm -hmm. And I thought, good on you, mate. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And we got talking and the truth is if we're 90% water and you look at Dr. Emoto's work, you know, when somebody's stressed or, or, or given a, a negative message, the water can't express itself. You know, mm -hmm. water is conscious. So by doing that, by elevating your emotional state, you know, focus, you know, you know, uh, the Institute of Heart Math, you're probably familiar with mm -hmm. creating heart-mind yes. coherence. Very mm -hmm. simple practice. Mm -hmm. Slow your breathing down, close yeah. your eyes, rest your awareness on your heart, mm -hmm. and then add emotion, mm -hmm. you know, love, uh, mm -hmm. care, and gratitude, compassion. Yeah. compassion. Yeah. So just by thinking of something you're grateful for, you're gonna elevate your emotional state. What are you gonna do? You're gonna change the water in your body. Yeah. And then you can project it to someone else You're as contributing well. to the mm. field. You're contributing yeah. to the field. You know, when you see a true master, and I don't think you'd ever understand unless you'd been around somebody yeah. who was a genuine master, I'm going to share a story my dad told me, which was in, in confidence, actually. Um, but he came over to see me once, and he knew what I was doing. You know, a bit out there for, for, for my dad and whatnot. And he, yeah, said, usually is he said, can I tell you the story? I said, yeah. He said, Nick, he was a taxi driver before he retired. He said, I'm driving my cab. And uh, he said, I've turned around. He said, the car's pulled up at the lights. He said, the Dalai Lama was in there. <laughs> right? I love it. And he said, and he looked at me and he waved. <laughs> And he said, I had this feeling come over me. And he said, I, I nearly started crying. He said, I felt this peace. And he said, uh, he said, what was that? And I said, that's the presence of a master. Okay, yeah. so his field is so still, yeah. so peaceful, that if you're in there, you're gonna feel that. As I've experienced yeah. that with Master Shah, you know what I'm saying? A genuine master can hold that space. And they don't need to project it out, it's just there. It's, and when the next step I was gonna say, which is beautiful, you just said that is, People are drawn to the master. They don't have to say anything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They don't necessarily have to say anything. You see somebody and there's, a, there's something beyond what you can see with your eyes. You feel something. You want some of that. Yeah, like you said before, there's 7.5 billion worlds, yeah. little worlds yeah. walking around the, around the planet. And possibilities change, too. If we can change our world, it's and you change your world, and you know, Danielle changes her world, Kat changes her world, and everyone starts changing their own world and collectively, it, it grows. When you look at collective meditation influence in the field, you're not changing anybody. You're, you're giving them. somebody though an, an environment for them to go yeah. within, because fundamentally, you can't change anyone, and oh. you shouldn't have. You no. shouldn't want to. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of my favorite spiritual texts is the Tao Te Ching. It says, "Those who have power over others can't empower themselves." Yeah. So it's, you know. The only thing you can control is where you put your yep. focus and what you yep. focus on. So, you know, but at the same time, as we've been talking about, if you are loving, caring, compassionate, you're going to yep. influence people around you, like yep. what you guys are doing. Yeah, Absolutely beautiful. So let's talk more about your, your, your tour and what you're actually doing. Okay, so when was it then? How many months ago was it now that we decided to... Go or yeah. that we left? Well, when we, when we made the decision. We've been on the road for probably 13 months and we probably decided two years ago. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. well, 13 months, that's a long well, time to be on the road. It's interesting though because from deciding we're going to do it, um, 
the the events that just came up and by us continuing continually saying yes we went from living in a house to getting rid of everything and moving into the bus within like three months that's right. real passion and commitment yeah. to what you believe in because, yeah. and i'll give you the story about the bus we've got we were looking at vans like okay, i yeah. didn't know what to get you know maybe a sprinter maybe it was going to be a small van and we'll do it really you know campery and and then uh, i saw a bus so I also coast there. They belong to a private school. They usually all had like seven hundred thousand Ks on the clock. This yeah. had a hundred and forty thousand Ks. So I goes to see that the guy at the school had a drive of it. I um, um and an hour and it was twenty four thousand dollars. And uh, anyway, I didn't go for it. Okay, and it came. It went off the internet. I thought oh, it's gone now. It came on again a few weeks later for nineteen. So oh. I phoned the guy up and I said, "What happened there?" And he said. The next person who saw it put a deposit on it, but unfortunately he had a motorcycle accident. Oh. So we gave him his deposit back. I said, how much would you take for it? He said, 15. And that was the exact money we had. Oh, wow. Well. So, you know, so you know what I mean? It was, yeah. and then I, I met the mechanic who's looked after it. It's are amazing. Yeah. All synchronistic, yeah, I love yeah. it. Everything I, that you do yeah, has yeah. been yeah. synchronistic. And the, the, the mechanic who'd looked after it, he said, how much did you pay for this? He said, I know you've got it cheap. And I said, well, what do you think? And he, he looked around and he said, oh, you've got it for about 25. And yeah, I said, I got it for 15. He said. I'd have bought it for 15. I can't believe they never told me. He was yeah. like, he said, this bus hasn't gone anywhere. You know, they drove yeah. it, you know, because yeah. they had about five of them, you see. What so, you're looking uh, for is looking for you. That's absolutely yeah. right. So, so we ended up yeah. in the bus, but yeah. we ended up uh, staying around Sydney in the bus, trying to yeah. get our get funds up again yeah. to take to take off. Because so. when we decided to go, as, uh, I kept meditating and seeing this white van, and mm. I was me and Nick had been talking a lot about how this had changed, meditation changed our life. And I said, we played this song everywhere and it just changed our field and our lives completely transformed. And it was just, it was like we were living in this beautiful little love bubble. And it was, people used to always comment and say, you know, your family is just, and when we come into your home, it's so lovely. We were like, it's, it's, the, it's what, it's the meditation yeah. we play the song. And me and Nick spoke a lot and we said, you know what, instead of just sitting here and having this for us, you know, the Buddhists, you pay it forward, let's go and give this mm -hmm. to as many That's people so as we can so that their lives can mm -hmm. be changed yeah. and so they can feel this and they can give this to our family changed, like our whole yeah. um, family, you know, siblings, it was amazing, our neighbours. Um, so we said, okay, let's do it. So when we decided to go, um, the next day we woke up and the whole house was full of mould. We'd never had mould, so we had to get rid of it. It was only a rental property. It was a rental property, so yeah. we gave everything away. And then Nick's disc went and worked. This is all within like a week. And then the bus came on. So this is what I'm saying. Within three months, we'd got rid of everything. The house, sitting in the bus like that. And we had the bus. So we like, <laughs> that yeah. poltergeist yeah. came back yeah. and said, want you there. <laughs> Go away. It just yeah. flowed so well. And um, yeah, it's, we, we do this voluntarily. We fund it ourselves and we go and we've met the most amazing. incredible. Yeah. So it's do you amazing. know what though? It's, as you're saying, people want it. Yeah. You know, if I, I'd be, I'm grateful for the person, the acupuncturist who we went to, who passed it on to us. Um, it changed our lives and, and our, our son's life, you know, to what we can. Now you're paying it forward to the whole world. So, <laughs> Coming back to you. you know, it's, but, but it's, and we're meeting incredible people like yourselves who are doing absolutely. the same. And we're all, everyone's coming together and helping each other. And it's really touched our hearts, you know.
Absolutely. I mean, even today, I mean, we came here because one of my best mates, coincidentally, is getting married. This yeah, year. I was going to say, you're yeah, yeah. here for your best mate, aren't you getting married? Yeah, <laughs> you end yeah. up in the radio station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely so he's, he's getting married. We, we come down. I said, look, if I'm in Melbourne, I'll, I'll come to the wedding. So it turns out we were. And then we went, we were struggling finding somewhere to stay in Melbourne. We've got a few presentations around the Melbourne area coming up, but we moved to Torquay. We drove to Torquay. And then I said, oh, we'll go down to Apollo Bay. <laughs> we came down to Apollo Bay last night and then to this morning. It's funny because you know where like the break wall is around? Yeah. 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 So what, me and my son took the dog for a walk and it's really stony on the top. We yeah, had that with bare feet. And on the way back, Bo said, you know, can we walk on the sand because the tide was out? So I said, yeah, yeah. So we walked onto the sand and then as we were walking, Harley goes and starts sniffing this woman doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and then we discussed. I said, I'm so sorry. She went, No, no, she was really kind it's to beautiful. the dog. Yeah. And then uh, that was, I ended up here. Yeah, yeah, same day. I'm, yeah. I'm on the radio. So That's amazing. That's so we were so booked out till April, and we just yeah. thought we'll transform yeah, this absolutely. and move our program and have him on instead. But I mean, look, everyone, all the know, whole world needs a little bit of love, harmony, and peace. Yeah, yeah I put the phone down to you, yeah. and I said to Danielle, said, she is beautiful. No, I thought you were going. No, no, I just thought, you know, move everything apart. <laughs> every, everywhere we've gone, we've met, in every area, we've met somebody who we've maybe walked in and said, yeah. you know, this is what we're doing. And they're going, great. You don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Use yeah. my space. You know, do it here. And I think People it just so fills me with so much joy it's that they beautiful. trust somebody. Yeah. You know it's yeah. great. And you guys have just done it. I so. think we're innately like that as humans, though, I do. you know. I, do, yeah. I really believe that we are. Um, I think when they're not, it's because something traumatic has happened to close their heart. It's all right? about the heart. It's yeah. all about the heart, closing yeah. the heart. And I think, you know, Joe Dispenza talks about uh, the mirror reflex in the brain. Mm. You know, we sometimes we need, the, that's why you, you need to be an example, because yeah. he. I love what he says. He says, if you watched flamingo dancers and then started dancing, he said, you wouldn't necessarily be able to dance like them, but you would dance a little bit better. Yeah. So he said, when people see people doing good things, they want to do it. You know, I've watched these real life hero videos on YouTube and it's, you've seen so many videos of like a railway, someone fell on the track, like 20 people watching. And as soon as one person jumps to try and help, everybody. Yeah. I think everyone just needs That's that. a beautiful heart. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we innately have, I think, that yeah, we're, we born have with, we're actually yeah. born with it changes uh, due to the experiences that we anchor. So let's get on with the program where, where you're going to be, where you're going to speak. We've only got a little bit of time actually, left. So. Surprisingly, the air has. Yeah, I can't believe this yeah, is yeah, the fastest. Yeah, 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 so yeah, where, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? How can they find where your presentations are going we're gonna to be? We're going to speak next. Yeah, okay. So on Facebook, it's Fluffy Sam Road Trip. I'm more active, to be honest with you, on Nick Dan Bo Love on Facebook. So how do we Nick Dan That's on Bo Facebook. Yeah. Love. So on Facebook. N I C K D E N B E A U. D A N. Sorry, my accent. <laughs> yeah, love. They, they can or just go to Love Peace Army Road Trip and I'll, I'll find you there. Love Peace Army Road Trip on Instagram. There's yeah. all. I'll, I'll be posting all of the events on there. We've got two events coming up in February, the second and the fifth, in um, Torquay. And then we've got the fifth. Are these events sixth. that people can't, do they need to buy tickets? No. That's no. Okay. Okay. It's right. free. They're, free. they're all free events. And it's the presentation. So the presentation right. basically uses laser scientific research yeah. to show that everything's connected. Uh, everything's conscious. And we can, we have a solution. For we this. have to have one here. 
Yeah, Amazing. I'm coming back. I'm <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Come back. So great. yeah, we'll definitely try and arrange one here. Yeah, great. Really great. Yeah. Right, fantastic. Yeah. It's been such an honor. I can't even say you really touched my heart. You saw my tears come out. Yeah. <laughs> it was just amazing. You really touched me. Touched um, being me. on our program. Thank you so much, both thank of you, you so Danielle much. and Nick. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Brett, you want to close it up? No, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a great honor. Thank you. Um, and thank great you. privilege. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for Well, there we go. We've wrapped up another podcast. Thank you for staying with us. And if you're a new person coming in to listen, a new listener, thank you for joining us here at the Leadership Sensei Radio. If you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for joining us again. And I hope you got great value once again from it. And also, I'd like to say, again, thank you to my listeners all around the world. You make a big difference. It makes it really meaningful for me to know that there are actually people tuning in and listening. If I can ask you to please subscribe on whatever platform that might be, whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, whatever platform that you're listening to this on. If you haven't joined me or joined our community at on Facebook, please also do that. You can find me at The Leadership Sensei on Facebook. Most days I do have a short video going up and I do put other content up there at various times as well. So thank you again. Have a great week. I'll see you next time.